0: If you have your Bibles, would you turn to the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. Now this afternoon you go home and read the Gospel of Matthew through through, uh, 1 through 25 and you'll see why um, I'm going from chapter 1 uh, verse 1 over to verse 24 and 25. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ the son of David, the son of Abraham. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. Father, I thank you for Jesus. Lord, I thank you for Mary. I thank you for the miracle. Lord, I pray that you would speak through us today. And may your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. No less than 400 years had lapsed and not a word from God. And we look in the scripture there and we count up the generations. There were 42 generations. Now that's a long-spanned Of people. And I've told you this before. I know who my mom and daddy are. And I knew one grandmother. But any further back than that I can't go. I don't have anything uh, to go on. But I'm satisfied if I could. I could count back 42 generations. Of where I came from. Uh, You know without a word. What would God say here in the gospel of Matthew we find the genealogy of Jesus genealogy today is a billion dollar business the thing that's been discovered the DNA is nothing short of a miracle because today it has uh, because of DNA has revealed a lot of unknown mysteries some people have traced back their genealogy just to see who they can blame for the messes they're in today. You know, the Bible talks about it. We will reap the third, through the third and the fourth generation. So you count backwards uh, the, those third and fourth generations. What was that crowd back there? Well, from what I can find out, they were bootleggers, they were chicken fighters, and uh, you name it. They, I mean, they've done it. When I was very, very young, I don't remember, I was told about it, that a man was churched. You know why he was churched? Because he was divorced from his wife. So they churched him. They barred him from ever coming back to that church. We don't do that any longer. We've gotten slack We've gotten sorry. We've gotten slicky. And it appears like, you know, we can do what we want to, and we can come back to the church, and they're going to love us. Is that not what Jesus taught? He did. Love them. Love your enemies. Pray for them who despitefully use you. Who did things three and four generations ago that you and I are trying to you know, deal with today. In Jesus' genealogy, there were kings, adulterers, adulteresses, ancestors, prostitutes, and others, when you look back at this crowd and investigate their lives, the family clan usually tells why we are what we are. The family clan, there was no righteousness in the pattern of the lineage of Jesus So we look at this today Christ the king And where he came from First of all I want you to think about and notice with me That Jesus breaks barriers Between Men and Women In this genealogy We find five Women mentioned here Tamar Rahab Bathsheba Ruth and Mary, they were Gentiles. They were considered unclean, despised, and rejected. In those days, women were treated like slaves. They were only good for having babies. And if they weren't boy babies they were girl babies that would be raised up like slaves and for having more babies but Jesus broke the barrier between men and women secondly Jesus broke the barrier between a Jew and a Gentile verse 3 and Judah begot Perez and and Zerah, and Tamar, and Perez got Hezron, and Hezron begot Ram. Well, in that, you see Tamar. Her husband had died, and to go back and read the scripture, she dressed, well, first of all, she dressed in black as in mourning of being a widow, and then she changed and dressed like a prostitute. Her father-in-law came along, did not recognize her, and had sex with her. You know what that is? Incest. And that's what was going on there. Now you talk about dysfunctioned families. I mean, hey, we got them today. But so were they in the day of Jesus. Um, Verse 5 and Salmon begot Boaz of Rahab and Boaz begot Obed and Ruth and Obed begot Jesse Rahab was a prostitute but yet God used her to help Joshua remember Jericho she was instrumental in helping win that Ordeal. A prostitute. God used her. But let me tell you about Rahab. She found salvation in the grace of God. She's one of those front line women who had a bad reputation. Who made the book. Isn't that something? She made the book. It's amazing what God does with people. Now we turn, uh, have a tendency to turn up our nose, okay? Shrug our shoulder and say, we don't need that kind in here. What if? What if God had said, okay, enough's enough. Jesus, you're not going to earth. With all this trying to be lined up for your lineage, you're not going But God looked into the future and he could see how low down you and me would be. It's amazing, isn't it? The third thing. Jesus breaks barriers between a saint and a sinner. You remember he was accused of going home and eating with sinners of all people. Why would you lower yourself to that point? Let me tell you something. Romans 3.23 says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's you and that's me. Bar none. We're all sinners. Two kinds of sinners. Either saved or lost. And then we have tomorrow, Getting pregnant. Our father in law, which is incest. We have Rahab, a prostitute, who helped Joshua's spies, which led to the conquering of Jericho. And then in verse 6, and Jesse begot David and the king, and David the king begot Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uriah. You know who her is? Bathsheba. My goodness. It don't get better. I mean it don't get better. It gets worse. When you think of what what is lining up here. uh, Judah and David. All was ancestors. Of Jesus. We see David the king. With Bathsheba. The wife of Uriah. Now if you don't recall that story. I've never heard that story. Uriah was out in the battle, and this was the time the Bible says when kings go forth to battle, David stayed at home. Saw a woman taking a bath, inquired, had her brought to him, slept with her. She brings word to David, I'm pregnant. So... He sends a note to Joab, who was in charge of that uh, regiment of soldiers, and said, "Would you send Uriah home on furlough? I want to talk to him." One of the questions he asked Uriah, which is a dumb question to me, is, "How is the war prospering?" I didn't know war could be prosperous. How is the war prospering? Well, I'm sure Uriah, said, "Hey, we losing a few, we gaining a few." He said, I've thought about you lately and I, I wanted you to come home because Bathsheba has is, is really been down in the dumps and uh, she'd love to spend a little time with you. And so I, I thought you could come home for three or four days and just go down there and, and, and be with your wife. He did. Word came to David, say, hey, Uriah went down to the house, but he slept on the steps. He didn't go into Bathsheba. Hmm. Calls him back again, prepares a good feast, feeds him in the, up and gets him drunk. Hoping that Uriah would go down and sleep with Bathsheba, but word came to David again. Hey, he went down there and he was drunk, but he didn't go in the house. David wrote a letter, signed it and sealed it. Give it to Uriah. And I personally don't believe Uriah had a clue what was in that letter. But it was his death sentence. U- Uriah takes the letter back to Joab. Joab opens a letter. The letter simply says, when the battle starts, in the hottest part of the battle, put Uriah up front and let him represent us. Of course, he did, obeying the commands of the king and Uriah was killed. David married Bathsheba. And the child was born. Out of wedlock. Another deep sin that people today seem like, oh, that's okay. You know, we might get married. I don't know, according to how the child turns out. It's wild, isn't it? Wild. That child died and God told David, son, the sword will never leave your house. You're going to reap what you have sown. Let me tell you something. I know for a fact that you reap what you sow. You reap more than you sow. You reap longer than you sow. We've experienced it, I know. Harrow. God's not going to let me forget it, but I thank him that he's forgiven me. When I think about all this and what David did, I thank God for a man by the name of Nathan, who God said, I want you to go visit King David. He's, he's suffering. In fact, I'm thinking he's going to take his life if somebody don't get to him. Now, all that's not in the scripture that way. But Nathan went down and told you, they, uh, told David a story about a little ewe lamb. And David got upset and he said, That man ought to die. And Nathan said, Son, you, you're it. You're the man. David fell on his knees stretched out begging God to forgive him he said the moisture in my hand is dried out to the point my hands are cracking open with pain have me forgiven you see the bottom line is this guys we must I said we I didn't say you we must repent or perish repent Tell God I'm sorry for where I am and what I have done. Please forgive me. And God said he hears the cries of his children and he will. Last of all, Jesus breaks the barrier between then and now. Verse 16, if you would. And Jacob begot. Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Hallelujah. We have Mary, a virgin according to verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth his son and they shall call his name Jesus. shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Notice behold, the virgin she was found with child that hasn't happened didn't happen before and hadn't happened since it was nothing but a miracle that God would plant a seed and that seed would grow within Mary and she'd give forth birth to a son the beginning of the line was Abraham with a miracle baby named Isaac. The end is Jesus is born of a virgin. They called her name. Her name was Mary. And then we come to the battle between Satan and Jesus. Listen now. I'm gonna run through this very quickly, okay? From Jesus to Satan, the battle began back there, and it hasn't ceased. Until right now. Listen. Genesis 3.13 And the Lord God said unto the woman. Now this is in the garden, okay. Eve, what is that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent tricked me, beguiled me, fooled me. And I did eat. And the Lord said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle. And above every beast of the field upon thy belly shalt thou go. And dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I'm going to put enmity between thee and the woman. Hatred. And between thy seed and her seed. And it, that is her seed, shall bruise thy head as thou shalt bruise his heel. The battle has begun. God says, bruise his head, and Satan began his campaign. Look at Revelation 12, 4. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon, the devil, Satan, stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered and to devour her child as soon as it was born. Satan, I believe, was in that manger scene, waiting for an opportunity to destroy that baby. Now, King Herod had a different idea. Wise men visited him and said, Hey, where's the king that's been born here? King? What king? They began to share the story. He said, go quickly. I know you've been following the star. Go quickly. And as soon as you find him, let me know where I can come and worship him. Well, they didn't come back. King Herod got concerned that his throne was being threatened. And so, he said, I know what I'll do. I'll have every boy baby killed from the age of two and under. Surely, I will be able to kill the Messiah. And that's what he did. He set out to do that. Matthew chapter 2, verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked by the wise men, was exceedingly wroth. He was upset and he sent forth to slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently required of the wise men. Joseph heads out to Egypt because God said, Son, this is where you need to go. You take Mary. You take that baby. I'm going to provide you a way. I'm going to open up the highway for you. Nobody's going to bring you any harm. And I want you to go to Egypt and stay there until I call for you. There's a long period of time there before the time Joseph and Mary and Jesus went to Egypt. Till Jesus is being brought to trial. Then Satan appears again. Followed Jesus all the way through every trial, followed him to the cross, and on Friday at 3 p.m., he watched the Savior of the world give up the ghost and die. And he watched him being buried, and he thought, Oh boy, I have won the battle. The battle's been going on for hundreds of years, but I have won the battle. Praise God, three days later, Jesus comes out of the grave, hallelujah. hallelujah, saved. And Satan begins to get worried and scared again. And he begins to go to and fro throughout the whole earth because God asked him, where you been, boy? He said, I've been here and there. Just trying to skin every saved person that I can from Abraham to the cross and now we wrestle not against flesh and blood we wrestle against the devil and his angels y'all if you're lost listen you're on the losing team for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life If we're saved, we're on the winning side. Satan cannot have us. He may worry us. He may cause us to fall into sin, but he can't touch the soul. I ask you a question. Where's Jesus? In the lineup, in your Christmas list. Where is he? You know we think about this gift and that gift and I need to give this person a gift because they gave me one last year and I felt so embarrassed. I want to give them something this year that's the wrong kind of giving. Yes children Christmas Santa Claus it's about children but don't forget to tell the children if it weren't for Jesus there'd be no Christmas Christmas There'd be no Christmas. So where is he in your lineup? Is he number one? Or is he way down your Christmas list? What will you give Jesus this Christmas? Right now, we give him to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. That's a way to give back to Jesus. When I think of Lottie Moon, who literally starved herself to death, that the world could know about Christ. What are you and I doing? And the money wall, what will we do with that? God can only bless when we give out of a heart of love. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch hearts, touch lives here. Lord, I don't know why all of us have come I know I've come because I'm charged to preach your word. I've come to worship you. And Lord, I thank you for your holy word. God, I thank you for the anointing. I thank you for the appointing. And Lord, I pray that you'd help me never ever to lose sight of who you are. Be with our people that sit in the pew right now. If there's anyone in here that's lost, never has been saved, God, help them just to come forward. Take me by the hand and I will do the rest. If any of our church folk, Lord, need to come to this altar, let them come. And we'll thank you for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.